Oh, welcome. welcome to the Lord Cannons go Man. off, fireworks light the sky, thousands never, of screaming fans. You <laughs> never heard people so excited about geography. Woo, woo, woo. Lord Dump. Hey. Door Dump. No, 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 no. That's wrong. Huh? We're Door Lord Dump. We're doing oh. Lord Dump. Hmm. Oh, sorry. I run another podcast all about lumpy doors and how you can uh, sand those down. It's a woodworking podcast. Anyways. You like to work with your hands, don't you? You look like. This has all been cut. I hate it. <laughs> Bad jokes. God. Welcome to the lore dump, where my Hello. friend Sean and I build a homebrew world from the ground up. This is episode I'm five. Waving. I'm waving, and the people can't see me. I can vouch for this. It's it, it's enthusiastic waving. Yes, this is a podcast in which we create a world before your very ears. I'm coining that our podcast subtitle. I'm never going to say it. <laughs> oh that's fine i'll say it every time <laughs> i love it yeah okay. that's what we do and we're on episode five and we i know we highly recommend that you go back and watch the other episodes because we refer to that content pretty regularly if you're jumping in at this point this is the point where you will start to be drastically lost mm-hmm. this is true do you know what other thing we do in this podcast, though, Sean? Do you know what that is? I forget constantly, so you have to remind me. Otherwise, we're not going to get anywhere. I, I have to remind you every single episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We answer people's questions and ideas surrounding homebrew. Oh, that sounds like a useful service that I, if could, would subscribe to. Mm, but there is no need to subscribe because this is free. I mean, yeah, but you can f- subscribe to... The podcast, and they'll send it to you every week when it comes out with a new episode. Josh, mm, <laughs> maybe we do that though. I live in the Twitch world where a subscription means you give us money. Oh, they could also do that. Go check us out on the Welcome In if you'd want to. But that's sort of more of a background noise sort of thing. Yeah, this is yeah. our fun time where we create. Mm-hmm. So, if they've got questions or or ideas or curiosities, where would they send that? They would send them to, oh, let me check my notes here, loredumbquestions at gmail.com, or you could check our social medias at the Loredump on Instagram and Twitter. Oh my god, we're so hip. We have a Twitter and an Instagram. We're so hip. We've had, we got social medias that have existed for at least a decade. Wow. We're Shut up. It. We're the pulse of technology. <laughs> Why must you hurt me like this? Hell Yeah. So we answer questions in the second half of the show, but we're not in the second half of the show. Oh, we're right up in the front of it. Yeah, this is the beginning of it. What we're do we do at the beginning? Thick show? of what, it. What? We're in that thick with two C's. Dummy thick start. We're in the dummy thick of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Wow. So hey, hey, Josh, Josh, what? Josh, Whoa. listen, listen. I'm listening. What do we want to make today? Uh. I I don't I, this uh, just coming off the top of my head like no planning just Josh like, give me the top riffing, of your scalp I'm riffing. scalping you right now what do I find you know we got this world myth we got this whole pantheon to find we've got like a mm-hmm, continent mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. place Ooh, we got this it. storm dragon so you know what we should more. do next you know what we should do next my friend we should do next we should make a town just for just for shits and giggles let's just make a town just a little baby town just throw it on this continent just a little baby speck of a town I love mm-hmm. it town building why okay. not okay all so right things happen in towns 
things usually start in a town. They do. That's true. <laughs> much like this world, the campaign will start in a town. Okay. In a tavern, most likely, because every DM is the same person. Also, taverns are the... I, people who harp on taverns as a starting point, place, get out of here. Taverns are great. Yeah, get out of here, me. Yeah, Sean. <laughs> yeah, I always said taverns are the best. <laughs> taverns are amazing. Yeah. Okay, so we're, we're making a town today. What would a meme world be if you didn't start every campaign in a tavern? Hell yeah. I think in this world, campaigns don't start anywhere else. It's You're obligated to it's, start in a tavern. The rules of campaigns state that you have to have them in this world begin in a, in a tavern. So if somebody uses our world and doesn't start in a tavern, we go to their house and hit them in the kneecaps? Yes, we erase all the information on their phone because with podcasts, now you're allowed to do that. And then we uh, we physically... No, we shouldn't say this on the air. Wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> we didn't do anything. Uh, backtrack, backtrack, Danger backtrack. zone. What? No, we're not threatening. <laughs> uh, we, we advise them to use a tavern. We appreciate you no matter what you do with our world. Pretty <laughs> we, much. we pray for your soul. <laughs> 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 okay so we're creating a town yeah well so i the first thing i usually ask and i'm, I'm curious about where you start with the town the first thing i it's usually ask is how big is this town is it a town ah. is it a village is it a hamlet is it a city because that's town we say town town could be lots of things see my, my, i'm a little different i guess because my first question is what's fucked up about this town What's different about it? What's the weird thing about this town that isn't another town? That's usually step two for me, but okay. but we could so, start there. Size first. I'm going smaller towards medium-ish. Okay. Below okay. medium. It's like a small town. Small town. Okay. I Just like a it. small town world. <laughs> Born and raised in South Detroit. <laughs> That's canonical. It's Detroit. The continent of Detroit. <laughs> the continent of Detroit. No. Oh, that's another thing we should have mentioned at the top. We still need an audience uh, naming the continent. And we're probably going to do that for about one more week. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then we're so going to have the name of everything. The planet once, is Torek, because... but we've got continents. We've got gods. Mm-hmm. They all need names. They all need names, and names. We need an audience. So why don't those two needs come together and find each other? And do our work for us. Huh? Oh, yeah. That too. Okay. okay. So, so we're starting small with a medium-ish, smallish town. Okay, yeah. Medium-small. Medium-small. Medium okay. Bigger bigger for a small town, but not like a three-house town. So what's wrong with this town? What's wrong with this town? I like... So my brain is doing this meme thing again. Fully, it should. But just a small town, girl. Living... Let's do something with that. <laughs> Midnight Train. Going. Uh, there is a train. Okay. Uh, hmm. Now I'm trying to think of the lyrics of the song. Hold on. Midnight train going anywhere. Yeah. So is there a train that leaves from this location that always has a different destination? That never returns? It's got a ghost train. Ghost train! <laughs> Wait, okay. So maybe ghost. That's fully, that's fully stolen from Rick and Morty. Ghost train. No. You're right. Yeah. Which stole it from Hey Arnold, which stole it from... Which stole it from the ghost train. Yeah. Wow, we're old. We're also on a fucking tangent. 
We are. Okay. We're spiraling. <laughs> Ignore my stupid meme content. No, no, no. What's wrong with this town? What's wrong with this one is that it's cursed or is it not? Is it blessed or is it cursed or is it? Is it a blessing that's a curse? Like, mm, mm. oh, what if it's blessed, but there's like too much of something. Yeah, exactly. Like you've got like like so much water that your town's constantly flooding, but it was a blessing. <laughs> it's like a town that was like blessed by some wandering druid to give like a lot of peaches but now they have too many peaches and they're always and going everything bad. Is peaches yeah and it's just the absolute worst <laughs> <laughs> that's funny okay so so it has a very vibrant fertile orchard this town yes um but they constantly have to like cut back because the trees like grow into houses and like fill up the town squares and like there's just like a force of gardeners that have to like control they have to f- continuously fight back nature because mm-hmm. the druid didn't think that oh each one of these peaches could make another peach tree which generations from now there's just going to be a trillion peach trees that's so good can we call it peachton um no what about <laughs> what about pittsburgh Oh, that's <laughs> so much better than mine. Yes, it's Pittsburgh. Okay, Pittsburgh. Because <laughs> peaches have the pit. They'll get the little yeah, pit the in little them. pit. It's perfect. Okay, so Pittsburgh, oh, Pittsburgh is plagued by ever-growing peach trees that cannot be contained. Yes, they can be cut down, but they're too. It's like a whole forest at this point. Mm-hmm. They and weren't on top like, of it. Like a whole yeah. tree grows in a year, and yes. like like constant shoots and things like that, rather than like like they're like weeds. Well, yeah, they're magic. They're magical peaches that are like or magical peach trees that grow just as fast as the original ones did. So it's it. almost like farming weeds, but with full trees that shed out peaches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is good, and like rotting peaches, like. Do you know, like, when people, like, put a crab apple tree next to a sidewalk and then nobody picks the crab apples and then they fall onto the ground and just get mashed into the sidewalk? Like, that's a regularly occurring thing where I'm from. I like. The I, thing. I don't think it is here. Okay, never mind. That I might don't be, think it is. That might be too much of a, uh, a specific dive to my region, my geography. That classic state that you're in. <laughs> oh, that classic state. Colorado. You don't have to. <gasps> I, surprise. You just dox yourself. Come find me. You, don't say that. Yeah, don't find me, please. Leave me alone. <laughs> Get out of here. Please. A small town boy. <laughs> Living in a small town world. Born and raised in South Detroit. Um, <laughs> okay, so Pittsburgh has Pittsburgh. a peach problem, a peach tree it problem. It does. It has a peach problem. That's its main problem. But the people who live there have grown to live with it they're okay with it well the benefits outweigh the negatives i feel like they there aren't a like a super amount of negatives mm-hmm. it's just kind of like annoying. their main export is of course peaches mm-hmm. of course <laughs> and i don't think the people there hate it but i don't think they're okay with it can can one can one guy be trying to make plums a thing 
Like there's a guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do love that there's one like grocer who's trying to give people or maybe other fruit is like the hottest commodity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like and, like a banana or a fucking grapes is like all oh, $90. <laughs> I'll pay anything for grapes. Give me the grapes. But ever, all of their other food has like peach mixed into it just to try and help get rid of some of this Just stuff. to get some. Okay. So you got like peach chicken peach cobbler yes peach rice peach mm-hmm. porridge mm-hmm. peach gumbo like mm-hmm. all this stuff even juice of peach drip that on the peach and soak it for a little bit in peach so you got peach 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 <laughs> okay i still do like one guy who's he's trying to sell some fruit that just won't take like nobody will eat it even though it's different uh, Oh, it's, there's one guy trying to sell durians. Yeah, and I was like, "What the fuck is that?" No. Yeah. Oh, I'd Get rather away from eat a peach. Me. I hate it. <laughs> it's like okay, things. now, how do they get rid of the pits? What do they do with the pits from this? Because you wouldn't problem? want to plant them, because they just grow. You don't want to plant them because that's already half the problem. Oh God, you wouldn't want to eat them either. No, God, you'd fucking die, Josh. They, you'd grow a peach tree out of you. Oh, like God, a yeah. chest burster peach tree would just fully erupt you from eat. your chest. Yeah. Oh, man, that's instant death. Yeah, that's like a KO yeah. out of the gate. Whew. Okay, I, I got distracted, but that genuinely happens. Something about it's the magic. Fully, it's fully good good world building. I like it, I like 100% it. 100% like canon. Okay, instant but. player death if they eat a peach spiraling backwards yeah if they if they eat the peach properly they're good if they eat the pit of pittsburgh they will eventually die succumb to a chestburster tree yes yeah i like it so what do they do with the pits back to your question back to your very very good question use them to build do they literally just throw them into the sea do they burn them and hopefully try and destroy them somehow (laughs) Well, throwing them into the sea rays is a good question that maybe we need to establish. Where is this on our continent? That is true. I don't think peaches are a super beach-close fruit. The peaches I mean, that, that I've known so have weirdly grown in, like, semi-arid grasslands, like in Washington. Jo- I mean, Georgia's, like, peach country, isn't it? Oh, yeah, right. That's the peach state. Georgia peach. Yeah. Okay, so, Georgia's, like, wet humid it's humid yeah but it's not like beach country no it's landlocked right shit (laughs) (laughs) this this is worse for you because you're an anthropologist i'm not a geographer (laughs) okay mr the country of georgia is is oh no it has it has a there is a there is an ocean front. I, yeah, I knew that, obviously. I'm going to edit this so I look smart. Yeah, I knew that, Josh. Georgia, this is right off the top of my head. Uh, Georgia is a southeastern U.S. state whose terrain spans coastal beaches, farmland, and mountains. Yeah, like everyone knows. Duh. <laughs> obviously, these were things that we knew. This is our first uh, fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> this is our first? We're five episodes in and this is the first time we've gotten something wrong? I don't think that's true. This is the first time we've noticed we've gotten it wrong. (laughs) We've never said anything that's not true on this podcast. Mm. Hey, audience, go back 
pull no, apart every no, single every single episode thus far and send us your complaint. Josh, you've just fucked yourself over. Why not? I'm not looking at any of those comments. Oh, okay. They're all going straight to you. <laughs> straight to me. They're, They're right. all going straight to you. Oh, I'm, what I'm sending doing? them right to you in that an email. That was a bad idea. I'm an idiot. Okay. No, you're fine. So, so the peach pits. Georgia, I, again, this is similar to Washington. I feel like there needs to be mountains and ocean but far enough away that it's like where the water hits i mean we this is really good based on our continent right we have this continent where a lot of the clouds accumulate around the base and dump their water so maybe it's kind of like it's kind of in the middle of the continent along one coast but like a hundred miles or so inland but not like super high up towards the pinnacle of the mountain right Okay, so looking down from a map, it would be on the western side? Sure, we can put it on the western side. On the western side, but kind of not directly on the ocean. Like, fairly far from the ocean. Inland, yeah. Yeah, inland, but not up in the mountains. Kind of on the rolling hills leading up to it. Okay. And it's fairly wet, fairly humid. Um, Still gets, like, a winter. Still gets a winter. Yeah. Do peaches grow in the winter? Or is that their sort of, like hiatus maybe peaches grow in the winter peaches grow non-stop because of the magic <laughs> which they still just have peaches the rest of the continent like really likes because they're like we can get peaches in the winter they're like yes come get them please, please take and they when they fall peaches. off the trees they don't go bad because they just freeze they just freeze and then come spring there's a bunch of gross frozen peaches <laughs> oh my everywhere. god this place sucks this is gr- it's sticky and sweet oh. and there's wasps <gasps> that could be a monster in the region giant wasps Ooh, Ooh. that's a good call there's gonna be a lot of insects flying around that place because mm-hmm. of all they the fucking it. rotting fruit yep wow nice. god this place is literally the pits it's ter- it is pittsburgh okay. <sighs> okay 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 we got it we got the idea for the town Okay. Now, what's the layout of the town like? Is there a bunch of houses? Is there like a collection of I don't know, businesses? There's definitely a ton of orchards. A ton of orchards. But the orchards are more tasked with fighting back the growth than nourishing it. So they're like the defenders of the city, preventing the peaches from getting too close. Yeah. <laughs> Gotcha. Okay. And so there's these orchards just spanning out around can there the town be, for miles. Can there be a single collection of what I'm going to dub the Peach Rangers? The Peach Rangers? Yeah. Absolutely. They, what do they, they do? They, they, you know, travel about the orchard and okay. make sure everything's in, in order. Okay. Uh, they defend the city from the evil giant bugs trying to eat all their fruits. Okay. <laughs> oh, the man. so dumb. Love it okay okay and then there's the uh what's the population of this town like first let's get that underway medium small so no but like races oh gotcha the the demographics Demographics. Um, human because we've said a lot of humans human i'm assuming there's a sprinkling of them and everything do we have any of your um gnomelings um Ooh, there could be like a little tribe of them living amongst the groves mm-hmm. and they like are hired to work in the orchards yeah by the local population okay so there's a gnomling tribe living in in again we say orchards yeah. but it's really this like uncontrolled forest of peach trees 
Yeah. Okay. Untamable. Yeah. I love, I love it. Okay, so a lot of humans, some dwarfs inevitably, I would assume. Obviously, they have. One of them has like businesses there. Yeah, yeah. One of them imports or exports the peaches up the mountain. <laughs> um. Actually, yeah, that'd be great. Minotaur. We talked about Minotaur clergy. Um. No. Too much. Well, it's they live more on their own, like. Like self-appointed reservations, mm-hmm. but they kind Not of really roam like, the lands wherever they see fit. Yeah, wherever they want to. So they they can come and go, but it's not okay. like any no one place so is there that has made an abode there in any way. Yes, okay, okay. they all just sort of drift around. Mm, tieflings, sure. Yeah, I, I'm assuming less less tieflings than usual. Yeah, maybe like half elves. Um, There's a whole element of. Tieflings canonically are of the devil, like lineage-wise, ancestry-wise, and we just established this canon surrounding how the devils came to this place. So that's interesting. Let's not get into that now. Yeah, let's save tieflings let's for save another day. Tieflings, for, they could be their own episode. Yeah, I think a lot of dwarves. There's some halflings and gnomes, gnomelings. There are humans. There are I mean, all the other races besides those, like, three, tend to be less and less common. Mm-hmm. It's all just, like, case-by-case case basis. How did they get there, Okay, I think. Okay, that seems good. Yeah. Cause it's, so it's just kind of standard D&D standard races, like, yeah. the common races. Cool. Yeah. That's easy enough. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they live here. It's kind of a small, medium, small town is going to have at least three inns or so. Three businesses? Well, three taverns. It's usually what I do. Three taverns in one town? In a town, yeah. In a village, I'll put one in or tavern. Okay. I'll usually only bring one to the players as relevant. Like, okay. But a lot, like, it can be assumed, and you'll see this at least the way with the way Wizard writes books anything that's over like a population of you know a thousand has multiple ends dotted around the the space makes sense uh what if can we make these bars compete against each other oh hell yes yes okay i think one of them one of the bars is mostly known for its excellent food okay uh, that one is just got normal drinks, but I think it, it goes overboard on importing non-peach-based delicacies. Non-peach-based, got it. And that's how it gets people in for its business. Okay. Um, I think the other two... Hmm. One of them has got to be dwarf-owned. Okay. And, and is it is it like gimmicky dwarf? Like they oversell the dwarvenness of it as like a. It's like it's like made of gold. <laughs> I, I well, I like the idea of it's like a they overdo the dwarven like culture and aesthetic, as in like like, like a tourist trap. Yeah, like a thing. tourist trap. Like you know, yeah. if you go to like a. Oh like a, no! Hold on! Wait! There's a chain of inns in every town owned. that are all dwarven owned and all have the same aesthetic. And they're tourist like a traps. Holiday Inn. Yeah, like a like, 
it, it, it's called Moradin's Moradin's Rest or something like that. Oh, Moradin's <laughs> not a figure in our history, but you know what I mean. Yeah, we'll come up with a name for it in a bit. But I okay. like the idea that one of them is a chain. Dwarf chain. Okay. So we've got the chain. So we've got the chain. We've got the one that goes overboard on the food, and I think we have the third one that's just a shithole. You've got to have a shithole. Tab. You've got to have a shithole. There has it's to be called a called the pits. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> pits. What's the food one named called? Um. Grove bite delights. Grove bite delights. Oh no! But they don't use peaches. Hmm. No, but I like the idea. Of, like it plays into grove without eliciting peaches. Mm. What about uh, beyond the grove? Beyond the grove, perfect. So we've got beyond the grove. We've got the pits, and we've got some sort of dwarven chain restaurant bar. Yeah. <laughs> and it's oh, when it's man. your birthday they sing happy birthday in dwarvish to you and like <laughs> yeah they have to they're they're obligated contractually so that's a good question do they hire dwarves to work there so it's like an authentic dwarven experience i think they try to but there aren't enough willing to live in pittsburgh so yes. they hire like kind of shorter men with facial hair uh who are mostly <laughs> human <laughs> Oh man, they find the occasional gnomeling and teach him dwarvish. Dwarvish, yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's so oh, I love it. That's perfect. Okay. So we've got okay. taverns. What other industry do we have in this town? Well, obviously, like produce. A okay. lot of produce. Here's what I'd argue there is only one produce. Nothing else. I mean, else there is only one content. produce. Anything else that would be cultivated is immediately killed by all the peach trees. Mm -hmm. So, wildlife, though, there could be hunting, leatherworking, that hunting. sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's, and kind that's of good. Smithing, just like a standard smith, probably. Nothing advanced. Woodworking. Uh, nothing too advanced. Fully, fully woodworking because they have almost unlimited wood. Yeah. There's probably like four with. wood carvers, and they're really good at making furniture out of peach wood. They're like master craftsmen mm -hmm. in, with wood. Um, I think that the hunting scene is probably pretty good because of the abundance of just fruit on the ground that things can come in and eat. Which means they probably have a tannery of some sort. Yeah. And if there are giant insects, they could do stuff with carapace. Yes. And also, the things that they hunt, they eat so much peach that their meat tastes like peach a little bit. Okay. Like enough that it's like, oh, that's peach in there. God it's, damn it. It's peachy. Okay. Yeah. So that I, way, not, they don't even escape from it by hunting. They still get that peach taste. You know, we have to uh, share this episode with Button, who plays the character Peach in our D&D &D game. Over Every time I game. say the word, I'm worried that they're going to, like, Say what? What? Huh? That's why I went. I added plum in as well as like. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> like, that's peaches. Well, it's good though. Because yeah, yeah, it's good. Okay. Okay, so we've got some industry established. We've got some inns. What's the political mm -hmm. structure? Political structure. They have. Uh, 
I don't know. You're better with political instruction than I am. Okay. So are they, does this exists within the kind of duchy, the control or whatever of the dwarven? Well, then again, is... I don't know if the dwarves so much like right. own and have like a written control over things. They just, people know they run things. Okay. But c- consider, consider, so pre- pre-existing borders and nations there were still city-states there were still centers of power um there were still keeps holds tithes so what is is this a completely independent barony where there is a noble family that dictates the rules and does the deciding or is this town beholden of a series of towns that report to a city-state or is it a part of a larger nation that dictates like think on that scale is is the populace is it a democratic populace that makes all of its decisions together is it a eldership what what's that i think it's a city state because we haven't established any sort of monarchy on this continent i think that's on another continent okay so it's a part of a city state though it probably wouldn't be the seat of power obviously yeah no okay but it is not without its usefulness Okay. Yeah, oh absolutely. Like the the city state that controls this region is absolutely interested in the continued control of this township. Yes, fully. Okay. So that means that there would be a mayor or mm-hmm. an equivalent leader elected or appointed either by the city state or by the general population. So or a council. That would be human 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 female human female mayor yes okay how did she become mayor how long has she been mayor is it is she from a long line of mayors (laughs) that's not how that works (laughs) it can be oh really you can have a mayoral line yeah a mayoral line (laughs) Like their last the name lineage is of mayor is long yeah. and storied with it's, legends. It's, and well, it's like a dicta- dictator democracy where it's a democracy. That's, it calls itself a democracy, but it's the same people really in charge. Funny. Um, I think that I do like the fact that once this sort of problem cropped up, the mayoral position became passed down because no one else wanted to like run for mayor okay so it was just like all right well i guess our family's just stuck running this peach town from now on and she hates it she hates being the mayor of pittsburgh yes she hates running this town because it's constant cleanup okay i love that and i love like the legal code of the town whatever that is dictates that if no other mayor can be found then the mayor-elect has to remain in that position, and it is passed to their progeny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fully. So a reluctant leader is what we've got here. Yeah. Okay. A reluctant leader by birth. What's her last name? Um... Do we give them a first name? We didn't. We can do that as well. What about... 
I don't know why, but Schmelga just came to mind. Schmelga? That's Shmelga. her first name? Instead of Helga, name. it's Schmelga. Instead of Helga, okay. it's Schmelga. <laughs> Schmelga. Is her last name literally Mayer? Schmelga Mayer? Mayer. <laughs> Mayer Schmelga Mayer. <laughs> I think that's good. Mayor Schmelga Mayor. Okay. Schmelga but it's, Mayer. Smel- it's spelled different. It's spelled like M-E-Y-E-R. Yeah, like John Mayer or something like yeah. that. Okay. Mayor Mayor. Mayor Mayor. <laughs> That's so stupid. That's so fucking dumb. I love it. Okay. <laughs> so Mayor Mayor cannot get rid of this position. Absolutely not. Um, what, what does the constabulary look like? Well, for the audience at home, why don't you explain what the fuck you just said? Okay. So, critically important to any township, village, needs to be some sort of law enforcement structure. Because inevitably, your players are going to do something bad. Or there has to be something to set the moral code of the region you're in. Right? Whatever that is. It could be a swarm of hyper-intelligence trained wasps that... Runs. The it's drums. a grove of awoken peach trees. Just yeah, beat the shit out of bad guys. Ooh, wait. What if one of these peach trees is a tree end? Like, what yes. if there is like a tree end? Like the first one they planted was sentient. Became a tree end mm-hmm. over time. And it's in the middle of the town square. That's yeah, where it hangs out. Obviously. Yeah. Okay. And I think like this tree is so old and so ancient. That the peaches it grows are like super perfect. And like maybe a little magical. A little magical. Yeah. yeah. So a peach like tree end. A peach tree end, yeah. Yeah. I that's really good. Okay, that's is this good. is this the thing that defends the town? Are there no law enforcement? Because this tree end is so terrifying, nothing fucks with it. I don't think there's no law enforcement. So there's a few like an amalgamation of guards, maybe like thirty or forty. Yeah. The the people that defend the town, otherwise known as the Peachy Boys. Yeah. That's what people call them behind their backs. They don't like it, though. It's probably like, um, I don't know, Pittsburgh Guardians. Okay. Pittsburgh Protectors. The Pittsburgh Guard? The Pittsburgh Guard? Yeah, the Pittsburgh Guards. The Pitts Guard. Pitts Guard. Yeah. I like that. Pitts Guard. The Rhine. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Can we call them the Rhine Guard? The Rhine Guard. The rind isn't, guard? Isn't, isn't that what the outside of the fruit is called? The rind? I don't know. I'm not a fruit expert. Hold on. Googling. We need to know this now. In the meantime, guys, don't forget to send your questions in to ask the lore dump. Let me just double check. Excuse me. Lore dump questions at gmail.com. The outer skin of certain fruit, especially citrus fruit. It's like oranges? Yeah. It's literally a rind. We can call them the rind guard. Okay. The rind guard. So, the Rhine Guard. Love it. So we've got law enforcement. We've got mm-hmm. taverns. We've got industry. We've got a mayor. What else do you want to add? We've got a tree end, which could be all kinds of things, all kinds of hooks and ideas. There's the, What we're doing here is we're establishing individuals that can have stakes and conflict right like you don't have to write up the inherent conflict we're creating the structure for that to exist yes 
And you can add on to whatever we've said here. If you feel like there's other cool memes relating to peaches you could put in here. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Exactly. Uh, I think I like it. I think this is a good starting town. It's good, huh? It's solid. Yeah. There's there's stuff going on. There's import. There's export. There's an economy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. I, are, are we moving on to questions? Is that what's happening? I think now would be the good time to shift over to those good, good audience questions they've sent Aww. in to lorddumbquestions at gmail.com and at the lorddump at Instagram and Twitter. Wow. What, oh, a, what a well-articulated oh, sentence. I gotta go lay was. down. Careful. Oh, Careful. My head hurts. I got you smelling salts. Here. Deep <gasps> it's not good for audio. That's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> what a bit. Okay, I have our questions. You're a bit. From Sorry, our, what's up? What? Hmm? Hello? I have our questions. Moving okay. on. Go for it. <laughs> okay, question number one. Uh, and a reminder, if you would like us to share your names with your questions moving forward, please uh, just indicate that you're okay with them. Uh, again, like your usernames, please don't give your full names. Uh, but if you're okay with us yeah. sharing your usernames, please let us know. Uh, but for now, we're not going to because... Safety. We haven't gotten the okay, and we're not going to ask. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, Sean. Sean. Ah. Shawnee boy. Yeah. What? When creating a homebrew creature or encounter... How can you figure out its CR, challenge rating? How do features like multi-attacks, legendary actions, layer actions, and resistances play into this calculation? This is an awesome oh. question given this, last week's episode. It's a weird question given last week's episode because this podcast has already firmly stand against CR and its rating system. Mm-hmm. We Let's don't believe that. in it. Neither does anyone who created this system. They all don't use it. They all don't stand behind it. It's garbage. Here's the thing. Your question answers itself. How do features like multi-attacks, legendary actions, layer actions, and resistance play into calculation? They don't. And beyond that, other elements, such as environment, so where you're fighting the creature, um, so fighting a dragon in a closed-off cave, as opposed to fighting a dragon on the open sea, are two very different encounters. Um, weather impacts all of these things. So like CR doesn't account or accommodate for those things. CR is a good thing to go, okay, I've got a basic group that's this size, this power level. Let's start looking at these monsters, but then you throw it out the window once you've gotten an idea and begin to consider how hard does this thing hit? How strong is your tank's AC? Is this an AC fight? Is this a saving throw fight? Are these casters? All of those things not accounted for in CR and CR... Uh, all of those things drastically change a fight. You may have mm-hmm. a party that's overtuned and you have to throw much higher CR, quote-unquote, creatures at them solely because they're they're stacked. Because Dungeons & Dragons isn't a balanced game, per se. Yeah. If you have an encounter with a dragon, like inside versus a place where it can fly away, mm-hmm. that's a different fight. Those are two completely different CR encounters. Mm-hmm. Um, also, things like how many actions it can take at a time. That is very important. Okay, I will say, instead of using CR calculations and all that stuff, action economy. Yeah. That's the only way you should actually balance your mm-hmm. your things. Look at a creature and say, could this drop one of my party members in 
one turn regardless of luck. Yes? Okay. Probably not the best thing to throw at them. Mm-hmm. If it can, it should be the only thing you throw at them. Mm-hmm. If it can't, then say, okay, well, how close can it get them? And if it gets them pretty close to zero in one turn, then I would say probably just put in another two creatures next to it and then have that be an encounter. Not the same creature, lower level creature. But always weigh that against your party. Look yes. at the AC of each of your characters. Look at the resistances of your characters. Look at the like saving throws of your characters. Because you, what happens to a lot of like novice DMs is you throw in this thing that it's like, oh, this could do on average ninety-one da- damage, but the saving throw is like a Dex DC fourteen saving throw, and you've got a Dex party, and all of them are always going to make that. So you yeah, need you to be cognizant of that. Two rogues and a monk, and they all have evasion. Yeah, that's a different encounter entirely different because especially because most encounters have two rogues yeah damage mitigation is is strange um and you need to account for that yeah know your players and know that some of your players are going to be absolutely ready to use the abilities at their disposal but also know that some players may have those things and not remember to ever use them (laughs) on the other hand if your party is a dex based party Mm -hmm. and you feeling like oh this type of you know, situation, this type of creature wouldn't challenge them. You can find something that has a constitution saving throw mm-hmm. or something that is strong against the party to oh, yeah. make it a more valuable threat. I've literally, Sean's watched me do this when we do like our little arena fights where we have an mm-hmm. awesome player who's genius at building characters. So the first monster I put out, he built this perfectly balanced or specced overdone min max thing that wiped the floor with me. So the next monster straight countered him. <laughs> yeah fully like like that's that's a so just know your party and their strengths and their weaknesses yeah and usually when players tend to hyper focus into one thing they leave themselves open to a bunch of other vulnerabilities that you can exploit and it's really fun to show those to them as you're going through the campaign like oh here's a huge hole ah fuck okay well yeah i guess you're right well i can do a trillion damage on the first round but if i don't hit I guess I'm kind of worthless, huh? It's like, yeah, bud. Mm-hmm. Good job, though. On the flip side to that, don't be afraid to give them encounters that they will wipe the floor with. A, oh, yes. It's good for your party to feel strong. B, if they know they're going to kick the shit out of something, they may approach it differently. They may go in and just be like, they may try reasoning with them. They may try having a conversation with them or capturing them. Like, So be cognizant of that. Or they might try and use their biggest spell just as a big joke, and then you have a tougher fight 10 seconds after that where they're going to need that bigger spell slot they don't have anymore oh yeah definitely use your it goes back to action economy like yes usually the reason there's like two or three combat encounters and a DD session is because you want them to waste some of their big resources Mm -hmm. for when they reach the big buy and you should be considering that when you're balancing your fights too are they going to get a short rest between the first fight and the second fight? Or are they going to get a long rest? What are they going to push for? That's why your DMs roll their eyes when they when players say, well, can I have a long rest? Because it's really, a lot of the time they've tuned to them not getting a long rest or them not getting a short rest. And you need to be cognizant of that. Think of what your players are going to do there. Any other thoughts, Sean? No, I think that one's pretty pretty well handled. All right question two sure 
What helps you determine what to keep and what to throw away from the standard 5e rule set? This is hmm. a big question. This is a hard question. It's, yeah. Um, practice, I think, mostly. Like, figuring things out as you go helps a lot. But um, mostly for me, it's just whatever me and the party agrees upon not being fun, I immediately am okay with striking it. If it doesn't, like, if they're not like, oh, I don't like AC. Can we get rid of AC? I'm like, well, no. Because that's one of the building blocks of the game. Mm-hmm. But if they're like, oh, I don't, I don't, you know, I want to get a plus one in wisdom instead of a plus one in constitution for my player race. Can I do that? I'm like, yeah, I don't fucking care. Sure. That sounds great. Something like that that's like not a big change but does sort of fit into what the player wants to do, I'm not opposed to really. I think my answer to this question is conversation. I have a lot of Dungeon Master friends who are very, very well-versed in the rules. Uh, and a lot of the time they have different perspectives to me and talking through with them. Sean's a good example, or one of our other friends. Like We talk through this rule set, spend some time picking it apart, and then decide from there. Eventually you begin to tune the ability to look at something and go, okay, what does this look like in regards to like so the new feats that were just released in the ua because of the time we've spent practicing and talking and theorizing about DD, we can go okay this is broken because in this instance this instance this instance it entirely unbalances everything but this is going to work because of this this and this and you develop the ability to kind of dial in on what the actual ramifications of a rule or or a stat modification actually means to gameplay. Yes. Um, also, if you go look up rulings online, you will usually find a tweet from Jeremy Crawford mm-hmm. saying some pile of garbage that doesn't actually mean anything. There is a tweet, and I want to get it framed and put on my wall, where he says, Monk unarmed strikes are melee weapon attacks but they cannot smite because they are not melee weapon attacks. I want to get it framed and put on my wall and anyone at time says, anyways, well, the Jeremy Crawford said it, but he also said this bullshit. So maybe, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I think paladins who multi-class into monks should be able to punch things and smite. That is apparently not within the rules of D&D, but it's something I allow because it's awesome. The other thing I will do is I'll let a player try it and I so the, here's my thing when a player comes to me I say sure but I reserve the right to nerf that or to change that later on um, and that's really easy to do in home games it's a little harder with the games that we broadcast because people come in and say well you let them do this at this point but now you're not letting them do it but really like letting them know that sure let's see what it looks like but a lot of the time a rule or an adjustment can't will not be a problem with one player because they won't take advantage of it. But it will be a problem with another player because they will absolutely spam that to get the biggest yes. benefit from it. And you have to, again, know your players and um, kind of always leave yourself a little wiggle room to say, okay, no, you know what? This is, this is, a, this is silly. I don't know. I just think it's, it's a process you have to sort of figure out as you go along on your campaign with your party. 
Every mm-hmm. campaign is going to have a different rule set because every player is going to be different. Unless you're playing with the same group for a long period of time in multiple campaigns. Then mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's fine. But I think that that first initial um, getting to know players is crucial. Mm-hmm. And be in be upfront with them. Just say, hey, over the course of this campaign, some rules may get adjusted if we talk them out and we feel like they're good now and we find out there's problems later on, I might change things. You have to be okay with that. Yeah, and trust... Know... You'll develop a trust with your players, mm-hmm. too. Like, your long-term players. Once once you kind of find that group that you settle in with. I've given Sean an item that I nerfed down in a campaign, but it was still broken. And Sean <laughs> nerfed himself further and pleases himself on the use of that item because that's who he is because as a player. Because I also know how broken the thing you gave me is. Yeah, yeah. And, like, like I trusted him to respect me in our game when I did it. Yes. And, and they're also... Yeah. No, go for it. No, no, no. That's that's it. That's it. Well, there's also another thing we came across in that same game where my druid has the ability to conjure animals. Mm-hmm. And according to the rules as they are in the book, you can summon like eight giant owls that everyone can just fly on and go wherever they want. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing where we ought, we have to stop um, just having that happen every session, every time we travel anywhere. That way we can, you know... Play the game. Play the game. Exploring is part of the game. Traveling is part of the game. You counter a lot of things on the road. So, yeah. I don't know. I feel like that detracts from the challenge of getting from place to place. We're only level six. So we shouldn't be able to teleport anywhere yet. When you have a player who goes to you and says, well, I could have done this, but I kind of chose not to. That's yeah. a sign of a great player. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you, you when they're but like, there's, also like... The, there's also the problem of the conjure animal things where I didn't want to do it, but the other party was like, well, okay, we could just summon a bunch of owls and fly there. I was like, well, no, that is both of my third level spell slots and I will be basically worthless. So I'm not super comfortable with doing that. Like there's always reasons not to do things as well. Yeah. And as a DM, that's why I'm like, meh, because I can punish y'all for it. (laughs) Like in the end, I mean, punish, punish is a bad word, but you know what I mean? I can, you've used most of your third level spell slots. Now let's throw an encounter at you, right? Like that sort of thing is, is, is Mm -hmm. the way to respond to that. If they decide to do it. Um, it's just something to keep in mind as the game goes on. You have to not only police uh, your players, but police the the rules you've put in place mm-hmm. and make sure they're maintained. Because there are things in there that just break everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll give someone a relic level one. I don't give a shit. Hey, some of the best games we've played together, we've been given artifacts at like level three for pretty much mm-hmm. free. It's fair. And it was a blast because as players, we self-sabotage. And yeah. our DM knows that and respects that and <laughs> plays into it. She knows that we're a bunch of goons and that she can give us really powerful artifacts because we're not going to take advantage of them. We're just going to do stupid shit. Yeah, that's great. So, Okay, third question. Here we go. What are some good resources and methods to use with naming people, items, and towns? Uh, ask your audience. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's this podcast stance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys come up with it. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, you figure um, it out. No, no. <laughs> for real. So, though. for people, I guess just have a list of names. 
that you can pull off of and like cross out when you use them um or like next to them you can write like what you made that name into like half orc barkeeper or something like that and then flush them out after the session but for items i you should have the name prepared so because the item should be prepared yeah um and what was the third option was it places and places now, I, I think there's there's two answers to this each of these questions. Are you do are you asking for support on the fly, or are you asking for resources when you are intentionally building? Because I have two different answers to these, all of these, depending on if I'm naming something on the fly or if I'm building something out beforehand. Do on the fly. Go on on the fly first. On the fly, memes, puns, jokes. Uh, mm-hmm. I named horses Clyde and Dale. You know, I've I've named uh, guards Arnold and Palmer. Like, I when there's two, when there's two of them standing next to each other, naming them half of one word that relates to them is the absolute yeah. best. Like, that's that's one of my favorite things to do off the top of my head. Just right. You also have like for NPCs specifically a list of names that you can just go. This is John Smith, and boom, John Smith yeah. now exists in this world having both of those things ready to go and using them in tandem mm-hmm. awesome um naming I, I think naming off the top of my head for all of these is good but i will say sean's 100 percent right if it's an item there is no naming an item off the top of your head the item needs yeah. to have been planned or either it's planned or it's something you've had in the wings for a while mm-hmm. just sitting there like eh, where do i put this and then they come across yeah. something like ah, i'll just sneak that in there yeah or you take it from the book. Items and names you can also do. If we're going back to like the planned element of it, know the geography, knowing historical figures, knowing mm-hmm. so Pittsburgh, right? That was kind of a meme. That was kind of a history thing. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. Like consider consider so the styes in the salt in salt marsh is a really good example. The styes has been called the styes. That's not what it used to be called, but it's a shithole. And the residents, yeah. as a joke, began calling it the styes. And over 50 years, that name stuck and it became the styes. So what's yeah. that historical reasoning behind the name of a location? Yeah. One of my homebrew worlds, there's a portion of this giant town that's like a poor district that everyone there started recall- referring to the Wallows. Mm-hmm. And the city actively fought against that because they don't want people knowing they have a poor part of their town. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. I love the Wallace. Yes. Oh, the Wallace is great. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so, like, like that history is always good. And then, again, um, like, D&D name generators. If I'm looking to... Names can be really powerful in regards to when you're working with, like, more exotic races and things like that. If you play yeah. into the culture around those names, then it brings that emotion to your players so using name generators can be really handy um when you really want to um leverage again i think of like oceanus which is not an npc i named wizards named oceanus but that really (laughs) elicits imagery around that character that is important so consider the importance of the character as well uh and where they're coming from and what you want the players to think of when they're looking at that npc yeah that's a very good point. Sean's done it. He had uh, he had this like pompous kind of um, noble guy, and he's got like it's like Sir Bartholomew, blah 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 blah. But it's this, oh, like, you're talking long... about Billingsworth. Billingsworth. Billingsworth yeah. elicits 
a response Lord of like Hamish Billingsworth. Mm-hmm, wealth, opulence, like a little bit <laughs> of like foolishness, and that name reflects that. But and that is very much a planned name. Like that yes. name's existed for months. But that's a good resource for planning. Like when we read the letter from this, we didn't even meet him. We read the letter and we went, yes. oh, this is a foppish, wealthy man. He needs to have at least four names if he's like super wealthy. That way people are like, oh, this fucking asshole. This guy. <laughs> like that's, that's a very good <laughs> kind of resource for you when you're doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Any perfect. other thoughts on naming, Sean? Uh, I think I think we're good for now. Uh, I think that brings us to the end. It does. The end of things. All things? All things. Or just this thing. Unfortunately, everything's over. Oh, it was a good Everything run. ended back in February. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> We've just been living yeah. in purgatory on that lost island this whole time. Well, if the Alexander Hamilton references didn't date this podcast, then that sure did. <laughs> Oh, oops. <laughs> uh, Is Alexander Hamilton going to disappear in the future? I don't get that. No, it's just particularly contemporary, as is People, hopefully. Our that musical came out like fucking five years ago. You know what I'm talking about. I'm just saying. Get I mean here. the movie, guys, not the play on Broadway. Mm, the movie, yes. You're going to be yeah. really, really pleased with yourself when there is like a cinematic release and you'll be like, called it. Well, there was a release. It was a streaming on Disney. Right, but I mean like a cinematic film release, like a movie movie, not a like... I, we're we're I spiraling. I thought he said he would never do that. Anyways, uh, yeah. <laughs> In the Heights. Uh... <laughs> this is so bad. Hey, you guys hey. should send your questions into us for us they to can't answer. do that i refuse to let them well how could they even possibly get it past me i'm super strong well and here's good at okay if you want to get the questions past sean you email them to loredumpquestions <gasps> at gmail.com or no. you tweet and or message them to our instagram slash twitter at the loredump okay oh so i didn't even think about if email you wanna, you, if you want to get one up on the mr shika dance you can't even do it that's how you do it I bet you a thousand million dollars that you can't, but they're Sean Bucks and they're worth almost nothing. <laughs> I can we make Sean Bucks? Can we draw Sean those Bucks? Up? We can draw those up. Yeah, we'll make Sean Bucks and we'll make them rain over the city of New York <laughs> to sounds, repay this bet. <laughs> sounds like littering to me. <laughs> but I guarantee you, we won't even see a single question in our inbox. It's impossible. I'm so good at goalieing. Audience, I believe in you. I trust you. I know you can do this. I think I've seen a goal once or twice in my life. Wow. That's a sports reference you made on our D&D podcast. And I'm also ripped. Don't check. Mm, Go Dodgers. What? It's a sports team. I made, I'm, we're doing sports things. No, we're not. I'm just telling everyone that listening to this that I'm shredded and they should be afraid of me. What are you talking about? The Dodgers for You said goal. Never mind. Okay. Also, this is actually though the end of the show. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>